We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. We're excited to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating podcast. From Holland, Zlatan, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and check out Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Golden Goal, BetOnline.ag, and Ladder. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius. The Lakers, we're recording this on Thursday night, they flew out to Orlando today, and I believe they were the last or one of the last teams to arrive for the 22-team, you know, whatever this is going to be, the uh, the bubble, uh, although I think that's poorly named. We're doing this, right? That's we're, They flew in today. They're going to be there for a bit. In the first segment, we're going to discuss what that means, right? Like, what are they going through? What are the first steps in making this a healthy and productive environment? What really struck me over the last few days has been, like, Miles Simon and some of the other guys tweeting or or posting on IG, uh, you know, saying, I'm going to be without my family, without my daughter for three months. And uh, LeBron tweeted today, you know, how much he's going to miss his family this it's a sacrifice, right? This is nothing anywhere near what they normally have to go through. With all of the circumstances, you know, playing into this, including the the family aspects of it, what in your mind, Darius, are the, some of the first steps that they need to take to make this, you know, work for them, make them, in, get them in a place where they're happy and healthy and ready to play? 
I mean, so first of all, just just let me say that there there's really no context like this for any of these guys, right? It, like at least in their adult lives. Um, maybe some of these players went away to like high school. They might have gone to a boarding high school mm-hmm. or like Montverde, something like that. Yeah, you you know, like one of those juggernaut schools or um or maybe they they went away to college in a town that that's away from like their family. Um so but it's been a long time for a lot of these these guys where they've had to adjust to a circumstance where they were going to be without their closest loved ones, right? And and I think it it's important to acknowledge that Whenever you have any sort of transition like that, I think the most important thing that you can do at first is is familiarize yourself with your new environment and try to make that place as close to home as you can be. Uh, like one one of the things that I found interesting and and honestly, so like some of this was in poor taste, and I'm not necessarily going to get into to like. Rajan Rondo's like IG picture and like the Motel Six oh, comment yeah. or mm-hmm. anything like that. But what I will say is, is that these guys are used to staying in hotels, right? Mm-hmm. What they're not used to is making a hotel room their home mm, for an extended yes. period of time, right? And I think it's going to take a little while for them to acclimate themselves to what it's going to be like to be in this same place um, for an extended period of time that is not actually their home or a vacation, right? It's Mm -hmm. one thing like, oh, you know, if you're LeBron, you could go away for the summer and, you know, go fly to a private island and stay in a villa. (laughs) And so, but this isn't that. Right. This is this is potentially a three and a half month business trip. And I don't think any of these guys Mm -mm. have done anything like that in their lives. So I think the most important thing that they can do at first is sort of like what Patrick Beverly did. I don't know if you saw the little Mm -hmm. clip that was floating around online today, but but and a lot of players have done this, but sort of brought touches from home Mm -hmm. to this environment in order to try to make it as familiar as they could to themselves. And, and I honestly think that that's step, step one. What do you think, though? No, I think you're, you're right in line with that. I think actually even before that, the plane ride was probably important. Yeah. These are guys that are used to spending most of their lives together and traveling all around the country and staying in a bunch of different hotels, right? This experience of them getting on a plane and flying out of town is a common one, a familiar one, but also one that went away all of a sudden that they haven't had in a long Mm. time. And so both the experience and then even more importantly, the relationships, right? Like it's one thing, I'm sure they've been catching up on Zoom or group chats, uh, you know, text messages, all that. It's just a different thing to be around your guys again, right? And be around the staff and the coaches and just the, the whole gang back together. And all of them as a group too, right? So like we saw clips of 
LeBron riding bikes with Anthony Davis and J.R. Smith. There have been rumors out there that several of the Lakers players have been getting together and, and having some of these workouts that were not sanctioned and probably not necessarily in line with the protocols that the league would have liked the players to, to sort of adhere to during this, you know, off-season, which is in-season, so it's all sort of weird, right? And so... I'm sure a lot of these guys have seen each other face face to face, but the protocols now that they've started to return to work, right, in terms of um, schedule time in the weight room and, and your own schedule time in the gym and not a lot of togetherness um, all in the same space as, at the same as, time. as a group yes. at the same time, mm-hmm. I think that the point that you're making about them sort of this is that plane ride pro- probably was really step one in a a relearning of sure. what normal is supposed to look like. And they're going across the country, right? Like that's a five-hour flight, yeah. easy. And that's a lot of time, right, to catch up with, with everybody, have a little 15 minutes with this person, a 30, 45-minute conversation with that person, eat together, right? Just all of these, uh, you know, Talk your mess, right? Catch up on what's been going on in everyone's life uh, to a greater degree than again. These guys aren't aren't strangers; they've been in touch, of course. It's just different, right? The whole this whole experience, and then you know what you're saying about bringing touches from home. It, I think plays into a broader idea of just getting yourself acclimated to the surroundings yeah. because there is no precedent. There's touches of like it's going to be sort of like AAU basketball. It could be sort of like that boarding school type, you know, basketball academy, high school that, you know, few guys have experienced, but the length of time will be unprecedented for them. And they are in a, they're not, not confined, right? But they are heavily encouraged to stay in this radius, right? uh, Of this area while, you know, the coronavirus is, is, uh, rampaging around florida right that's another element to this as well that certainly needs to be so you know how do they stay safe how do they stay sane how do they get comfortable yeah all of that familiar familiarizing themselves with their surroundings i think is a really important first step yeah in in a weird way it would probably be like what they're going through now would would probably be easier for them if if this was like an NFL mobile situation, right? Because every year those guys go away to training camp and mm-hmm. and they stay in these dorms and they're sort of together and isolated away from people and it's just sort of the group, right? Sure. And and I think that this gets back to stuff that we've been talking about in recent pods or or at least since it was announced that the NBA was going to try this plan that now is, is very close to coming to to fruition. And it's that idea of, of camaraderie and how close were you to begin with and reestablishing those ties. And I think that that's where this, this Lakers team, if not – like I'm not saying they have an advantage over, like over the rest of the league, but I do think they're in a very good position themselves based off of the chemistry and and that sort of camaraderie that they've had throughout the season and recapturing that should be relatively straightforward for them. Yeah, it's 
one of those things too where I think the positive experiences and how well it was going and how well they seem to be getting along I think has a you know there's a distance makes the heart grow fonder yeah. effect where if you've ever done something like if you've ever been in a band with guys right and you you see them you know a, a little bit down the line right just that that joy of like hey it's 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 this group, right? It's this group of friends. It's this group of people in my life. They've been around their families, which has been, that's been one of the great gifts of this, right? Is, is these guys uh, don't get that extended of a time at this point of their lives to really enjoy their families, right? Like yeah. they're gone for most of the year and trying to make as much money as they can in their limited window of, of earning potential to make an NBA salary, right? And I think a lot of times they don't get to enjoy the fruits of that with their family. That's right. Because they're just gone all the time, right? And so I think that's one of the few great things about that, right? About about what's happened is they've got the chance to experience that. Um, but there's also that... There's that work satisfaction, right? Like that. That's right. Of being like at a good work environment, of working toward a common goal. Like if you love basketball, the way that that's one thing I think that's a shared trait on this team is I think these guys just I think they love the game. That's and I think that that's really a priority for them. They have other interests, of course, but I do think that on a basic level, they're mostly basketball nerds on this team, and uh, that. You know, like getting back to do that, they've got to be itching to to do that yeah. on some level, right? Now, I don't want to act like it's all just excitement about basketball. There's the civil rights issues. There's COVID. There's plenty of players and plenty of reason to be like, I'm not that excited about this. For but I sure. do think the Lakers, I think that that's going to exist for everybody. The excitement about getting back to play with your guys I don't think that's going to exist for everybody, and I think that's going to keep the Lakers more together and sane than other groups that may not have that level of enthusiasm for who they're working with. So not only that point that you just made, but the idea of they are playing for something, and they, this team has a lot of veteran guys. Some of them have won, right? Some of them haven't, but as as a whole, I think... Most of this team understands the stakes that are at play, and they understand um, that chances to win at the highest level don't come around very often. One of the main things that this team has talked about over the course of the year has been that belief that they know that they're one of the few teams that has a legitimate shot to win the championship. And, mm-hmm. and we know this as fans from following like Kobe Bryant for his entire career, right? And, and one of the things that Kobe talk, talked about um, after his career was over and, and, and sort of even in the final stages of his career when the Lakers were no longer competitive was that idea of when they were really back at it in 2008, 2009, and 2010. There was a rededication in terms of focus mm-hmm. and and the idea of these chances do not come along very off, often and we need to grab at that with, with, all, with everything we have in order to try to accomplish this, this goal that we all believe in. And this team has had that belief. Kobe spoke about the 
summer between them losing to the Celtics and that 2008-2009 campaign as very much through that lens, right, of we saw the top of the mountain, we didn't quite get there, but it really uh, showed us what we needed to do to get there, which has, there's a lot of value in that. The there You said that the Lakers have a lot of guys who have won that's part of the importance, right? Is like, is they have gone through, even if they just have championship level experience, although I think most of the guys who've been to the highest levels have, have won the title. Yeah. And I wanted to get back to a point that you were making earlier about, um, like having that joy of going back to work. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that when we were talking about before some of those first steps that they need to take, um, I actually think all of them sort of getting in the gym together yeah. relatively soon is going to be a really positive step for this group to sort of get back on the court all in the same space and, and start to just go through those motions again about what it's like to work and do that work together, right? These guys have all been putting in time, but have been doing it probably, if not in all-out isolation, then in smaller groups, right? Like maybe three or four, or, or maybe a handful of them in some of these workouts that I mentioned before, but not like, oh, there's, there's 17 of us here now mm -hmm. and we're all about to get after it together and that is for anyone who's ever been a part of a team and and i don't mean just sports team i, I mean like a work team as well where where they're where you are with these same people day after day after day and working towards like a common goal right if there's a big project and, and there's a project team and, and this is the work that you love and you already have a good rapport amongst these these people if that got taken away yeah and then you get to get back to it i think there's going to be an enthusiasm around that and, and and so bringing that and and actually having it come back to life for them i think is going to be an an important step as well so let's take a quick break and let's talk about that that Okay, when they're now they are back, all 17, right? They're all on the practice floor having their first practice. Uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about that and what we think that that should look like. This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way that supplements are made. They worked with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my ladder package in the mail recently, and I tried out the strawberry lemonade pre-workout powder. I was impressed by how long it kept me up and alert without the crash at the end. I was able to stay alert through my workout and into my actual work. And that's ladder's goal, is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code LAKERS20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's Lakers 20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. 
Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Darius, so we're in that first practice, right? Where I, I, I don't know where they're going to be practicing. I know that they... Uh, we're going to be shipping, this is for various teams around the league, right? Shipping their home courts as uh, some, I, I suppose, creature comfort, right? Basketball player comfort, uh, somewhere familiar to practice. Uh, I, you know, I don't know where they'll, be, where they'll be doing that, but they're there, right? They're ready to go, ready to start this journey, which they've started, right? Like they've been in, at the Lakers practice facility, but there's just something different about being there, in you know all together on the road away from this yeah and they're in the place now right and, and it's so, it started so so what does that look like Darius like what is it what are the first like we're there we're doing it what are the first stages of now we're all back together we've gotten used to our surroundings we said our hellos to everybody for the first time in a minute now we're down to business I think it's I think it starts with setting the tone and what the environment is going to be. And and I think that that's going to start with the leaders of the team, right? That's going to start with LeBron. It's going to start with Anthony Davis. Um, it's going to start with Frank Vogel. And it would not surprise me if if they haven't already, right, then w- when they touch down, there are going to be some conversations amongst those three men, right, Um and maybe the rest of the coaches as well, to sort of map out a plan of attack about how, what the vibe is going to be in terms of how are we going to get after this, right? The the Lakers have been both a very serious team, right, with serious goals, but also a fun-loving team that does not want to take itself too well too seriously. So I think that in the early stages, at least, I think they will definitely try to blend that together again and sort of recapture that vibe that they had during the regular season. And, and I think it starts there before you even start with the work. But from a work standpoint, I wanted to ask you, like, what does that even look like, right? Like as someone who coached, right? Like not at the NBA <laughs> level. Well, not at the it's NBA level, right? Anything but, like this. But, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying though that you, like you've run a first practice and while sure. this isn't a first practice, it sort of mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. Like in this new place. And, and, and so are they going to start high concept? Are they going to start, let's drill back into the basics? Like, like, how do you envision the coaching staff and the players sort of coming together? And and what do you think it looks like that first day that they're on the court? I think getting everybody, that's part of familiarizing yourself with the environment, is being on the actual basketball court in the new place where you're going to be practicing mm-hmm. for the next, hopefully, three-plus months. And just familiarizing yourself with that. I The question that comes to my mind is, I don't know if you ever played 2K. It's been a few years since I played the game on a regular basis. But I remember on, if you were like simulating a season, or if you were playing a season, you could set practices in between games. And you'd have the option for like a light practice, a normal practice, or to go really hard in practice. Of which would have benefits and detriments for the upcoming games, right? And 
I think that that's a fundamental question that that Vogel is and LeBron are being faced with, right? Is like how hard to go, how soon, right? Because there, on one end, you want the guys to be comfortable. There's the push and pull. On the other end, there needs to be there's the clock of we're going to be playing playoff games. The Lakers are in a fortunate position where, although with no home court advantage, you know, I think the seeding is a little more it's more matchup based, right? Than than anything, but um, you know, they're they've got time to ramp up to that first playoff game without knock on wood without any seeding implications, but uh, it's still coming up pretty soon, right? So how how quickly do you ramp up? I think the first day or two, you're, you know, getting guys comfortable. I think it's a lot of, just get them running, right? Like, and I don't know, <laughs> again, this is, I'm a high school coach. I am not, these guys are on sure. meal plans and, right, like, as a high school coach, you're kind of a generalist, right? Like, you, you've done your research about all, but, like, so when I'm, like, I'm thinking of my high school guys, right? Like they ain't played ball in a few months. Like, hey, let's let's get your asses running, right? So these guys probably don't don't have that, but I do think there's some like some value in just getting up and down the court. Yeah, right. Um, and in terms of conceptually and getting to the real work of of basketball, I think getting back in sync on the defensive end. I think that that is going to be their calling card. That's really what Vogel. Um, it, it's it's one of the things he's best at are the details defensively. I think that um, if I wouldn't be surprised if, if Vogel really killed this four month stretch from a watching tape standpoint, right? From getting value out of little details. Um, we'll see, but fingers just based on how he would prepare for certain teams and just adjust, not even adjustments, but just like preparation specifically yeah he got a lot i was very impressed by him from a preparation standpoint and i think that he got a lot of time to prepare right so i think this played into a strength that i've seen from him this season um so i think the application of the details defensively and getting everybody on a string and all those yeah defensive cliches your shell drills your uh five on oh you know so so doing that so do you think that do you think this is going to look like preseason to them? Like, like, is that a good analogy? I think so. I think like I, I think it's going to be an accelerated. I think you're going to have like a couple games of preseason, a couple of early season games that are similar in that vibe. Probably ramp up. Um, maybe you sit guys in the last game, right, yeah, just to stay healthy. But they play the I Kings in the last game, I think, and that's probably not going to be an important game for Sacramento. Sure potentially right sure. um who is down in in the stand standings and um there are only eight seat seating games the lakers are what five five and a half games five up, and a half up right yeah, and, and, and so when you talked about the import of these games in terms of positioning for well for the lakers they would have to go like one and seven or two and six and have the other team basically win out right like mm-hmm. the the second place team which is the clippers the clippers mm-hmm. um for the seating to basically flip right sure. so so i definitely do see and this will be a topic to come in future pods about like strategies within the eight games right and and, and how we 
envision them best utilizing those eight games in order to get to the playoffs. I think that that's a longer topic and we would not do that justice in like a five minute or 10 minute talk. Right. That said, the idea of preparation that you were talking about with Vogel, I think is important within the context of mapping out that process and having an an idea whether it's loose or whether it's actually firm at this point about how he wants to to manage the team through like the that scrimmage portion before the seeding games start and then the seeding games and then the playoffs right and there's going to be an obvious progression that I think Vogel is going to bring to the t- table and but it starts with getting these guys on the court together. And I think the idea that you posed about with a focus on on defense, um, probably starting to acclimate um, more of the roster mm-hmm. to what the team wants to do. Remember, Dion Waiters is a new player. He never played for this team. Mm-hmm. J.R. Smith was just signed. We don't yet know what, if any, role that they're going to have. But my sense, from Vogel at least, is that he's going to prepare 17 players to play. I, I also think there's prop. this is just a guess, but I think having the expanded rosters from a head coaching perspective gives you kind of a practice squad, right? And you've the ability to carry different types of players, like, right, like Costas, for example— right? Probably not getting rotation minutes for the Lakers, but he is an athlete, man. He's like a big wing that can beat you up, and that, and, and he plays some five, right? But he's a specific type of player where Devontae Kaycock is a different type of big. And so if you've got a series against a particular team and you want a practice squad yeah. player, quote-unquote, to simulate kind of the guy that you're going up against, the the depth of the team. So preparing all 17, they might not have the same role, but I think that those guys deep on the bench can have some value in that way. No, it reminds me of that old story from um, the 2001 finals, right, against Philly and how, like— Tyron, they had Tyron Lue running around there like Allen like Iverson, Iverson, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and Lue played actual minutes in the finals, and, and and so, but he was sort of more of a bit rotation player yes. and and not a key guy. But um, you hear about that all all of the time, right? Like, especially in the NFL. Well, oh, we're facing a running quarterback this week, and so you you know what? Like, we're going to actually get a wide receiver or a running back. And we're going to stick him back there and have him play and act as though he's prime Michael Vick, right? Mm-hmm. In order right. to to sort of simulate what this looks like, and, and I think that that's a good point. That right, like like Devonte Kaycock, if you're if you got a Western Conference Finals matchup with the Clippers and he plays the role of Montrez Harrell, and he's you know you give him all their sets, and you know how like you give that practice squad team the Clippers playbook. And have them run it. He's the guy that's going to simulate the type of guy that Harold is, right? And it's it's really great, great practice. So I think that there's you know the potential to apply that. But for me, it comes back to the question of pacing, of how quickly do you ramp things up? How uh, you know what the what the curve of that is, right? You might go up and bring it back down, and you know bring it back up. But uh, 
that's something that you mentioned this a pot or two ago about how you know there was a, Vogel had a good feel for this that like hey you know let's meet at the have shoot around have a walkthrough at the at Staples instead of a walkthrough at eleven o'clock in the morning at the practice facility guys sleep in just everyone a little more time with their family everyone's a little happier um, there's gonna be the push and pull of that versus the getting ready for the playoffs I think that more and more like I think that the more chill get acclimated type environment is going to slowly dissipate but I do think that the Lakers have more of a luxury to be able to make that incline not as steep as I think it's going to be for most teams yeah and I've said this a bunch of times too man but it bears repeating here that this is a brand new environment for everyone, but there's probably no one I trust more than LeBron James to try to navigate this as a player and as a leader within the context of a team environment to sort of wrangle his team and make sure that um, from a mental standpoint that they're progressing the way that they need to as they work their way closer to games that actually mean something for this team. Right. And I think we we saw that we were getting a, a really good look at that, I should say, towards right bef- in that stretch of the season, right before everything got shut down. Right. <clears throat> um, they've had that big win against the Celtics. And then like a week or so later, um, in comes the Clippers and the Bucks. That was another two wins. Um They had that letdown loss against the Nets, but I have a feeling that if things would have gone on normally, the Rockets were next. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that that was going to be another game where they would have been looking to make a statement, right? Right. It it really just felt like to me that, that the leadership core within this team had had the entire group at a focus level where it needed to be going down the stretch of of the regular season. And while this is, again, we can't stress, stress this enough, like a totally unknown environment, um, I do trust the instincts that that LeBron specifically brings to the table as someone who has been through as many high-stakes games um and, and and playing for real stakes at champion at a championship level for for so many years like that's that's a guy that I'm like just so happy that he's on the Lakers sure. side here. What with with what we know of LeBron, obviously there's no precedent for this, so there's nothing to lean on in in that respect. But from our experience with him, both following him over the last year and a half very closely, but also throughout his career from afar. Um, what what approach do you anticipate? We're speculating here, but from from what we know of him, how do you think he's going to approach that leadership component, right? Like what are the factors as a leader that he's considering at this point to, uh, and, and how do you think he'll apply them? I think he's going to bring this group together very early in this process if he didn't already before they left and and, and sort of, reset everyone's mind about the goal at hand right that um that they're gonna have their fun they they really do like each other as as a group um 
but I think it would not surprise me if if he had one of those sort of serious LeBron talks with with the entire team about like re- remember what we're doing, remember what we're going to this place for, like look at what we're leaving behind in terms of our family and everything else. Don't don't do that. Don't don't do all of that if not to give your best. And yes. right? Like this is so important. Like there are few other scenarios ever really where you would say I voluntarily am just going to leave my family, my kids, my wife, maybe you, you maybe your parents, maybe a grandparent, right? Like whoever your inner circle is who you consider the people who you would step in front of a moving truck for, right? Sure. These are the people who all of these players are saying goodbye to or have said goodbye to and are going to go to this place potentially for three or four months, right? And it would not surprise me if there was a serious conversation about don't do that in vain, right? Like don't don't walk away from all of that only to not bring the needed focus and intensity and drive that you're going to need to have in order to succeed in this environment. And it would not surprise me if he set that tone first, right? And then when you're actually there, it would not surprise me if he navigates it with the sort of fun-loving, jokey, loose LeBron hmm. that lets everyone know, like, like, we're here to do our jobs, but we're here to have fun, weird like we're in this together and, and and then as we get closer ramp that back up to start to being serious again right mm-hmm. what do you think the timeline is on that when do they need to lock in and, and I, really get to that point i would say by like game by by game five or game six they need to be like really this is where we're at right um yeah I was thinking like a three-game dress rehearsal, something around there, right, where they play five, six, and seven, like their playoff games are close to them, right, to get yeah. up to that feel and and uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I just think, though, that you cannot – look, man, like I'm obviously not there, but I, like I say this a lot to you both on and offline. Like one of the things I always try to do is put myself in someone else's shoes and mm-hmm. – the thing that I cannot see happening is for you to crack the whip for this entire time and try no to be chance. serious for this entire no time, considering like the mental hardship that these people yes. are all going to be enduring, considering the circumstances that, that they are willingly going into. Right, yeah, it, that's a recipe for disaster. No, so yeah. so that's why I that's why I envision LeBron bringing a looseness to this as well, mm-hmm. because there's no way that he, you're going to be able to stay serious this entire time 
when you don't necessarily have your family there at the start, where mm-hmm. you don't have the comforts of home at all, your own bed, right? But well, you've got to build that, right? Like that's yeah. the whole point of the that approach that you're you know, advocating for that you think LeBron's going to take of bringing everybody together. You have to establish new comforts of home. You have to establish new family members, even if they're temporary, right? They're, it's not the same as, as your wife and kids and, you know, and, and all that. But the there is a sort of camaraderie that is going to come with sharing this experience together, not just amongst, like, there the conversations amongst players from other you know amongst teams all of them being stuck in one place i'm sure there are going to be some very interesting conversations between players right uh and but i think that really establishing that camaraderie and those comforts of home will be just essential to get have you ever been on a vacation where like you were gone for too long you should have been gone gone for like three or four days but you're there for 10 or something and then that last half of the vacation, I don't know, maybe it's a, that's just me as a personality type where you're just ready to go home. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to avoid that feeling. That's right. right? And yeah. the team that avoids that the best is, is going to have the best shot. No, I was going to say that there's been a time where I've been in Vegas for like four or yeah. five days, right? Yeah, it's, it's and Vegas is like a two or a three day place. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Yes. <laughs> so you get to that extra day and... This is and this is the part part of this that I'm not sure anyone is prepared for really is and we talked about this the last couple of pods too but you you know there there was a light at the end of the tunnel when this team was in China right like they knew that things were hard they knew that they were sort of stuck in it at that particular time they also knew that we're going to like this is going to be a week right and then we're going to get to go home this is not that after a week okay we're settled in what's it going to look like after 3 weeks or after 6 weeks right or after 10 weeks mm-hmm. right because if you've been there 10 10 weeks you're basically now at the conference finals, right? So you're one of the you're one of the last four or five teams that are there and now there's potential for you to be there another month after that, right? And, and so there is going to be this this mental war of attrition, right? Like mm-hmm. you we we often talk about a war of attrition from a physical standpoint, right? Like like are you are you physically able to survive um, a four round playoff series or a sixteen game NFL season and then through the playoffs, right? Like the the idea of 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 being physically strong enough, um, and then there's that mental aspect of of pushing for the title as well. But there's a whole different mental aspect to what this is going to look like for for these guys. And and that to me is going to be um one one of the most interesting subplots to monitor over the course of of this entire venture, however long it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I... 
I hope they have some mental health services available for not just the players but the coaches. And yeah, it's my understanding the that they do. There. Yeah, the, the, and that, that that's there's an emphasis on that. I you know with the testing and there are certain. I if we could just talk about the, like the you know the COVID as, aspects of it, right? The the amount of testing that they have when testing is not available for the general public to the same degree. Uh, the amount of resources that they're going to have, you know, I, we, we talk a lot about, you know, hey, we want them to be, you know, find a, a comfortable situation where they're healthy and able to move forward and, and all that, while realizing that this is something that people with a lot less resources are also struggling with while also struggling with, you know, housing and with a lot of other situations. So we, we talk about this in merely the, the basketball realm, right, in which they'll have, you know, better contact tracing, better, you know, in case something goes wrong. Hopefully this will be the, I don't know, somewhat reflective of the, had the broader society acted and take, took, taken it a little more seriously, what it could have looked like um, in terms of cases and, and the impact of it. Uh, but do you have any concern about Florida, right? This is something that when they first did this, I, you know, I was, I was like, why are, we, why are we choosing Florida? That was the one thing about the plan that I was like, you know, what the heck are we doing here? And it is the epicenter of the COVID outbreak right now. There are, several, you know, many hospitals in Florida that are at capacity with ICUs and, and all of that. To what degree is that is that a factor kind of looming over all of this? I think it's a... So I think it's a big factor. And then I also think that it's not necessarily as big a factor. Um, okay, tell me, tell me about that. What do you mean? So... I definitely have my concerns that they're going to Florida. I, I definitely have concerns about the prospects of of the virus seemingly being so prevalent there. Um, and the fact that this bubble, and if you were seeing me put air quotes mm-hmm. around this right now for, for the listeners, um, that it's not really a bubble, right? right. There's going to be... Um, many people who come in in and out it won't be nba people who are doing that but it will be the workers of disney world you 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 know who are coming in and out of of the bubble and the prospects of the virus being as prevalent as it is in florida just concerns me at at that basic level the flip side of that is is that the NBA's plan involves a level of monitoring and testing that is basically unseen anywhere in the United States, at, at least, right? And um, I'll make another point about this in, in a second, but so that's where my concern then flips, right, mm-hmm. is that these guys are going to be getting tested a lot, you know, and and the prospect then of being able to make determinations about um, positive tests and linking them between people and who was where and all of that, I think that 
the ability that the NBA has to try to wrap their hands around this or wrap their arms around this the best way that that they can is probably um, at as high a level as it is anywhere that you're going to find anywhere in the United States for sure, right? Right. And, And to me, that offers a little bit of hope that things can go relatively okay not well but okay we'll see right um i'm not a scientist the flip side of that though is what you were saying earlier or what you were making implications about which is just the fact that these are resources that i wish existed everywhere right and and we are starting to get to the point where there is a bit of a moral dilemma that i think the league might be facing on some levels with the level of resources that they have access to and that they are going to apply to this business venture is not the same level of resources that are being applied unilaterally to the rest of the country and in places that need it. Um, And some of the places that need it most are going to be places right outside those walls that they're playing in, right? And it's a tricky thing, man. Like, um, I wrote this at the at Forum Blue and Gold last week, and and it was a different context in in which I wrote it about. But the idea that all of this could be going on, and the NBA is moving forward with the with well with this, and when I say the NBA, I don't just mean like the league the entity like i mean the players right like like i this is a partnership between the players and and the actual business side of the league the 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 governors and and all of that so it's it's a tricky thing to say they shouldn't be doing this like like basketball is a child's game but the nba is a multi-billion dollar entity right it's a multinational core it has stakeholders all over the world and you better believe that they're going to use whatever means they have at their disposal to try to get their business off the way that they can right and like this is the ugliness of the world that we live in on a certain level that that is that is just hard to really think about and not start to get uh, upset or frustrated at times for me. I'm not sure where your head is at around some of this stuff, though. No, that's, I mean, that's, it's, uh, you know, I find myself, you know, talking about this, and there's a part of me that I'm so excited for basketball to be back, man. Like, it's been so long. I was talking to Anthony earlier about how much of the rhythm of my schedule is in routine right and that's there's all sorts of losses that come with a situation like we've had with with covid and loss of routine is one of those small ones right like that uh that stability and that like hey it's 7 30 i know what that means and that's you know laker game is about to about to start there's a certain rhythm to it that i think you know is is helpful uh and so on a selfish level i'm very excited about this on a zooming out a little bit though is it it all seems like so very fragile and uh it's it's important to an extent 
And I don't think my opinion matters much. I don't think your opinion matters much. It's the players who are assuming the risk and the coaches and the yeah. staff, the people who are going to be there, that it's for them to determine where that's worth it. Um, it just seems it's so fragile and the best laid plan. Like, I agree that, you know, from my completely amateur perspective, it seems like they're taking this as seriously as they possibly can be. Aside from, I'm, I'm not going to get over the choosing Florida as, as a location. I'm hoping that, that just because you've got staff coming in and out, right? Like, the, those, there are going to be a lot of people there that are interacting with the rest of the world and the, that environment around them. But aside from that, I think that they've, you know, done as good of a job as they can. But the very nature of it is so fragile that if at any point it were to go away within the matter of a couple of days, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I was listening to the Hoops Adjacent Pod, which is um, a pod that's on The Athletic, and it's with David Aldridge and um, my guy, uh, Waz, Big Waz. Um, and they had Dr. Sanjay Gupta on as a guest. And Sanjay Gupta is, he's a doctor, he's on CNN a lot, and he's basically immersed himself in the coronavirus. And one of the things that he had mentioned about the NBA's plan is exactly what you said, that they seem to be taking as many of the measures that they can take in order for this to be successful. And if there's a positive that can come from this, it's it's that the idea that best practices around managing um, the virus or reopening or or how you try to bring things back can be drawn from what the NBA was doing if they're able to be successful. Now, that's a big if, right? But I'm hopeful and we will see, right? Just like you, I, I am trying to reconcile the fact that like, I'd like to see the NBA come, will come back. Um, and I'm trying to reconcile that with the other realities of the real world, right? That we live in every day that, that, and we're staring at in the face all, all of the time. And that's not just with the COVID stuff, but it's with like social justice and equality and, and, and all of the ways that we're starting to hopefully see things shift in positive directions there as well, which I think the NBA is going to try to play a part in as well. And, and so there's a lot going on here and, and, and there's a lot to consider and a lot to think about. Um, but I think that it's just going to give us even more to talk about with future pods. So. Absolutely. Um, so until then, we're going to try and keep you, in the moment, right, like where they are, uh, and very soon that's going to start meaning basketball. So we've been talking a lot about the off-the-court stuff. Uh, that'll start to ramp up. So more and more basketball is more and more basketball is being played. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We will catch you guys next time. Ains has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's in. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Gamble in and out. The ball is tipped, and it's saved. Three seconds left. Here's Van Exel. This is for the win. He got it. Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. Shot with his eighth block shot that ties.
is an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston, in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you That's kidding it. me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple on a fall away in the corner with a shot clock down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back. Didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Miss it. Brian, yes! And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.